I mean, no offense to either one of you. Y'all can't afford a lawyer. Did you hear what I, I just said? Yeah. Gonna, my you'll friend, be hearing from my friend who watched a lot of Law and Order. Right, exactly. You'll be hearing from my friend who did a semester of law school three years ago. Uh, the best part is my friend who watched a lot of Law and Order is probably, if I'm choosing the person with the most hours, my mom. <laughs> well, here's would... the thing about law. You don't have to be a licensed lawyer to practice law. Like, obviously, no one would come to you. But, like, if you think your mom would represent you well in court and and cite the legal precedent, uh, then your mom can represent you in court. I wouldn't ask my mom to represent me in court if I was given the choice between her and a monkey. (laughs) I understand. Uh, Especially if we're talking, like, you know, the wild thornberries monkey. That guy was articulate. Hopefully. That was a joke. What about, wait, what about the wild thornberries? I was saying that, like, if you had to choose a monkey, I'm saying that wild thornberries monkey was very well-spoken and articulate. All right, well, this actually is a nice segue into what I actually wanted to talk about, uh, which was we as as a species now just being openly thirsty for Henry Cavill. And Henry Cavill specifically. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, obviously, I'm, so glad, I'm so glad the rest of humanity caught up because... Uh, don't get me wrong, we all and like I was at yeah. Comic-Con in 2012 and he walked on stage when they announced Man of Steel and I was like, I need all of the private rooms right and now. And the only uh, good part of that presentation was wait. Henry Cavill being in it. Well, <laughs> wait, so how did... Well, I mean, yeah, because... oof. Why did you bring this um, up? I brought this because up. Because we're getting just, more Witcher? I find it... Fa- well, of course we're getting more Witcher. We're, Netflix is going all in on Witcher. They're doing an anime spin-off series. Wait, They're doing the Witcher. They're a doing live a live-action prequel series as well as a second season of the core series. So, like, Netflix is going all in on Witcher. And, like, you know, of the media products that came out on December 20th, 2019, that, of course, being Witcher Season 1, Rise of uh, Skywalker? Is that what the fuck that movie's called? Rise of Skywalker and Cats. The Witcher was the one good one among the bunch. <laughs> um, it was. It, uh, it, and that, that, uh, season ruled. I loved it. Um, but we're now going all in on Witcher. But my point was really about Henry Cavill specifically. So we're all, even those of us that are quarantined with a partner of some kind, are getting the quarantine hornies. We're even all, Even the straight you know, boys love Henry Cavill. Even the straight boys li- love Henry Cavill. I'm I would a bi-boy, be Henry Cavill but... small spoon any exactly. day. Exactly. I, I think, I think for a lot of straight men, Henry Cavill is their... But if I had to pick a dude, where the <laughs> the the mark that I think oh, Brad Pitt so used to hold, Pitt, Pitt and Clooney were a lot of people's. Like, if I had to pick a dude for for the previous decade and for this decade, I think we're kind of all in on Henry Cavill or one of the the Chris's from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, <laughs> one of but the Chris <laughs> again, uh, dangerous territory. Even most? mentioning it, um, Why are but they if you all named Chris. Yeah, if you had to pick one dude. Uh, But anyway, we're all experiencing the quarantine hornies, and perhaps it's just my sphere, but I feel like it's coming out explicitly for Henry Cavill. Like, we are really... Because he... I think that might be just my sphere, but I see, you know, when he was painting Warhammer figurines, when he was building a PC, we all kind of started letting it out. Where well, he did kind of feed into it when he was building that PC. You're telling me that that song choice was not fully intentional. Oh, 
Hen Henry knew. I don't want anybody to think that I don't <laughs> exactly think Henry fucking knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we, Henry, listen, I, I, he is a very hot man and he knows it and I think that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Do we think you're going to get a Henry Cavill OnlyFans? It is, it is the time. I have yet to subscribe <laughs> to an OnlyFans, but I will tell you here and now, if Henry Cavill got one, <laughs> I would be the first. I the would first. be the first. Um, and I just, it was, I... Not, it was not a deep philosophical conversation. I just really <laughs> feel like it's coming out for Henry Cavill right now. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Toss a coin to your Witcher. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Yes. And the Valley is the space between his two pecs. And the um, coin is an OnlyFans subscription. Continue. <laughs> yes. Metaphor um, achieved. Can I bum you guys out real Do quick it. before we Do actually it. talk Fuck about what this you. podcast is literally about? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. So, <laughs> Kevin brought up Cats, and that's, this is his mistake. But uh, did you know I Cats will... was originally supposed to be animated? That like was talked this, about in, like, this? the 90s. Right, that was the original. No, it pitch. got re it got reanimated and was supposed to be the cats we got last year, but the production company balked on it. Have you seen the like product the like concept photos? Well, the concept photo, if we are speaking of the same concept photos, were for the live action cats. Uh, they just were rendered fully in a concept art style that would then be adapted no. to fit, say, Idris Elba. But perhaps Maybe we're talking about 90s. different concepts. There was, like, well, an Aristocats, Bakshi-style uh, Cats movie that yeah. was pitched when Cats was at the height of its of its prominence, of its cultural legitimacy. When it, just, I don't know, would have made sense to make a Cats movie? Now, look, Cats never should have been brought into the realm of realism. Like, the show only works when it is done decidedly not realism. Like, surreal... Like, like straight up though, this version, this animated version of Cats was supposed to take place in London during the Blitz. Interesting choice. Why the Interesting. Blitz? That makes no sense. Interesting. Oh, the so concept like art? The concept McCavity. Art? <laughs> so like R Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser are fucking having a ball as the fucking Blitz <laughs> don't, don't, rains don't. down on Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> as the fucking bombs fall. And the Pevensey <laughs> children are driven to the hills. <laughs> no, no, I hate this. I hate this so much. Oh, it and Caleb has sent the art to the chat. Oh, that is a that. Why is Mc, Why does McCavity look like that? McCav. Oh, that's a fuckable cat. Look at these fucking concept art. Okay, pieces. I want I want you both and I'm mad listeners. We didn't I, get this fucking yeah. movie, listeners. <laughs> yeah, I know you uh, cannot uh, see what is happening, but just picture a fuckable cat that absolutely has to be voiced by Tim Curry, and you are looking at what I am looking. Oh, at Oh, it right now. certainly does need to be voiced by Tim Curry. Wow, Demeter yes. looks fire i want this animated version yeah it looks great it's got um a uh, a wonderful like a very familiar style if you grew up on like 80s and 90s animation um mm -hmm. but it it looks good this is what they should i was saying it when i made 24 hours of cats podcasts um this is yeah. what i kept coming <laughs> back to is that we should have gotten a fucking 2d animated aristocat style version uh scroll yeah. back in this very podcast feed and you will find me talking about cats a lot and jace is there sometimes i'm doing it a couple times i think it's twice yep 
Yes. Look at that, bombed out London with the Big Ben Tower in the back. Now that Christ. is a terrible idea. No, See, this I fucks actually, it all up. I kind of like that. Okay, well, maybe like all the that. humans are gone, so the cats will rule. It is finally a cat-cat I world mean, out there. <laughs> I mean, look, it does take place in the junkyard, and quite frankly, like, although, oh, I just, I'm so, my brain is having such a hard time reckoning with, like, the Blitzkrieg. <laughs> yeah, reckoning with the Blitzkrieg and how it might relate to the personal character arc of Grizabella. Like, how like, would they tie it? It's, it's completely, <laughs> like, literally the thing, about the, the thing about the show that makes it work when you see it in person, and let's mm. be honest, it barely does work, but it does. <laughs> correct, correct, the correct. the fact that you don't go too far into, like, this is the time. This is. We know it's loosely in London. That's all that matters, really, yes, quite frankly. Because there are, like, vague street references to London neighborhoods and eateries. And, like, right. if you said it during the Blitzkrieg, like, what? Does the Jellicle Cat get to assassinate Hitler? Like, what is the point of this? Well, there's also the moment, I forget if they did it in the movie, because I think I blocked most of it out, quite frankly. Oh, I watched it very recently. I would love uh, so, to okay. confirm or deny. Is there deny. a moment where, where a shoe drops in the, middle of, and in the middle of a dance number, and they all stop and look at the shoe, and they pick up again? No, negatory. They got rid of that. Okay. In the original production, there's yeah. a moment during like the opening, like opening, where they form a Jellicle choir. Yes, of course, we're all familiar. All three of us on the call, especially Caleb, know what you're talking about. <laughs> there's this whole, there's yes. this, this big chorus moment at the opening, and then a, a shoe in the show drops on the stage, and all the cats stop in it. it clunk, and the, stop, the cats stop, and they stare at it, and then they pick up and they sing again. And it's supposed to be a bunch of cats out in an alleyway, and a human is tired of these cats making all this fucking ruckus in the middle of the night that he, that someone throws a shoe at the cats. That's what that moment is. Now, when you watch it on stage, do you know that that's what's going on? No. You just but see you, a shoe appear. You also might be able to reasonably Make, intuit Exactly. That. You can intuit that. It's something where it's like, that's the charm of the show. It's like, this is all so bizarre, but you can sort of reason certain things into reality and if you can't because it's done in a surreal way you accept it and you're just like yeah this works it is good environmental storytelling that right. there would be elements of a world of cats that they would be perfectly used to and see no reason to explain but when um, you put it in the blitzkrieg it's like okay so then hold on mungo jerry and rumble teaser <laughs> Fucking bomb is gonna drop. In the middle of the <laughs> well, they also they have. It's implied that they have wealthy owners that have like you know like like ancient art and like fancy yes. dinners and jewelry and all this stuff. And it's like if this if they're in a, hit, a place that was hit by the Blitzkrieg, like where are their owners? How do they have a fancy place that they're in? Who's throwing shoes at them? Like wh who are these? Like where? Why? I just. Right. If we are in the Blitz, then it better be like a, a mega, a dud German bomb that lands in the center of the Jellicle Ball. You know what? Honestly, this sounds just like a wild conspiracy. Yeah, and I think I think mm -hmm. you're making shit up. I'll send you. I'll send you them receipts. It's okay. Okay. Well, speaking what of casualties, a mystery. Ca oh, perfect segue. A perfect <laughs> so segue. Thank you so much. This Thank is you a so much. Advanced you don't communities. Make segues even better. What? <laughs> I'm out. Yeah! Uh, this is, of course, this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast where we watch the American television sitcom Community one or two episodes at a 
time. We are the Greendale Three. Pop, pop. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. And how can you sit here this whole time and not know that a man is hitting on you? Oh, I knew. I just really like talking about Farscape. <laughs> oh, fucking Farscape. Uh, Would you like Jason. to have gay sex with me? <laughs> my name is Jason. I use they, them pronouns, uh, but for this episode, you can call me Professor Professorson. Is that I, your real name? It was Professor Berg, but we changed it when we were fleeing from <laughs> Nazis. Speaking of the Blitzkrieg. Oh. Yes! <laughs> They're all over the place. The connections Excellent. are everywhere. Excellent. Uh, and I am the third host, the daddy host. Daddy you have, I have many yeah! names, daddy but the host. daddy host is what I'm sticking with right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I lost it. I was gonna. I was gonna somehow work Exchethra into into a so sentence. What you, what you would need to do is list off. So I uh, pretend I'm Caleb. Uh, I'm your your daddy you host, the third host, the video game boy, uh, the pride yes. of St. Louis, and so on and so on. It's Chetara. Perfect. Done. Oh, it's so dumb. I the love video it. game boy. On the Twitter, on my Twitter tonight. Uh, yes, uh, we love it. This is, uh, we've already, we've already fucked around enough, uh, talking about Henry Cavill's arms or whatever the fuck we were just discussing. Uh, but a brief, a brief social media touch. Uh, we got a lot of really good feedback from our appearance on, uh, Six Seasons in a Podcast. Uh, it was really nice seeing everyone chime in and, uh, we, I appreciate that you thought it was a thoughtful discussion that these three knuckleheads could fucking knock together, uh, some social commentary. Uh, and, uh, you know, it must, it must be said, Neil, real Neil with Pites of Steel did listen and did enjoy. Uh, so, hey, Charlie Coons, if you just like find yourself listening to this right now, uh, me DMs is open and please do come on the show. Dungeons and Dragons is coming up pretty soon. It's true. It's true. We love Are we going to be able to watch it? Uh, is it ever going to come back? I don't know if it will ever come back. I have the DVDs, and this is a, a, a case where I am advocating for piracy. If something is not available through reasonable <laughs> legal means, then it is perfectly fine to, to pirate, I believe. I'm going to need that MP4, my friend. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, let me rip that fucking DVD and send you a little MP4. Rip it. Rip it. I've seen it recently enough that I feel like I could... I could do it without. Yeah, I mean, I've seen illegal. it four hundred times. In case but... you're listening, FBI, ha ha ha! <laughs> I don't do anything illegal ever. <laughs> <laughs> also, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, fuck the FBI. Like, yeah, hey, fuck all that shit. this show ends with Annie joining the FBI. Annie Edison is a fucking cop. Okay, like, let's <laughs> make Annie. Oh, Annie Edison. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yo, I would love to see, when they do eventually give us the movie, I would ah. love to see the conflict between Britta, right, and Annie. Now that Annie's a fucking FBI agent, and Britta still feels like she misses her glory day. That's how we let's open. Face it, never gonna get over it. That's how we yeah. open the movie, is like, the, Wait, the streets whoa. of Greendale are uh, alight, and, and riots have erupted, and uh, Annie Edison <laughs> and the FBI are called in, and she comes face to face with Britta Perry holding like a Molotov cocktail. What an opening. You must oh admit. Oh my gosh! What and and the the agent, the the enforcer that Annie has sitting next to her is the blonde that was in love with Abed. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. That's exactly. That's a perfect tie. Exactly right. Eliza oh. Coop, 
the wonderful comedian uh, reprising her role. I say we bring that. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. That'd and be such a great And woman. Subway is, uh, you know, Rick, a.k.a. Subway, is now, like, sponsored by a brand of vodka that is being used for Molotov cocktails or something. <laughs> like, we... Uh, <laughs> I... Okay, folks, we got a movie on our hands. <laughs> we got a We're movie. building something. We're building something. We, Kevin, we got a script. We're going to write it up. We'll pitch it. We got a script. Uh, yes. Uh, boy, the second movie idea in as many weeks. I think we're really, really onto something. <laughs> exquisite, exquisite shit. But let's segue into our first episode of the episode, Season 2, Episode 9, Conspiracy <laughs> Theories and Interior Design, directed by Academy Award winner Adam Davidson, written by Chris McKenna, in this episode, Jeff's uh, plan to fake uh, an independent study course in conspiracies reveals a conspiracy unto itself. Uh, and at the same time, Troy and Abed construct a blanket fort. Folks, this is a fucking humdinger. This is a good one. This episode fucking rips, dude. Oh, this is such a good one. I forgot. I don't know why, but I forgot that this is also like... This is like the first time Troy and Abed do the blanket any fort. Yeah. Blanket kind of situation. This is the origin. That's big. This is big. That's big. An important <laughs> moment in the lore, in the canon. Oh, um, I love my my own uh, a quick personal anecdote about this episode um so when season two was airing i did not have uh immediate access to television or internet um so on free moments when i wasn't like between school and work uh, working full-time in high school, I would sometimes sneak away to the local library and hop on Hulu uh, and see what episodes of Community were available. Um, and this was the period of Hulu. After a season, they usually had the five most recent episodes of anything that they carried. However, in the off-season, they would rotate a series of five episodes every, like, week or two. Um, so sometimes it would be, like, one chunk of five, and then the next week there'd be another chunk of five. And that was how you, folks in a pre-Netflix world, you could keep up with the shows that you liked. Um, and I missed this episode the first time around because of play practice or whatever. So I spent months, like, dedicatedly checking Hulu Hold on, to wait, try and quick. find did you just this say, episode. Did you just Yikes. say play practice instead of rehearsal? We, I'm sorry, I grew up in a small Missouri town. It was called play practice. Uh, they were, play practice? We were, That's incredible. We were not correct, but it was play practice. You didn't go to <laughs> rehearsal, me of, you went to play it practice. It reminds me of, and I'm so sorry to bring us this direction, but it reminds me of that episode of Glee, Glee. where Kurt... Uh, Kurt shows up for to be on the football team. A great and episode. And he says, I'm... He and he says, I'm here to audition for Kicker. It's like that kind of vibe. Yeah, is exactly. This was the Midwestern <laughs> sports aesthetic leaking into the theater sphere. Uh, whereas, of wow. course, when... Oh, I forget. Uh, I finally reached the point in my life where I've forgotten Kurt's last name on Glee. Uh, but when uh, Kurt auditions for Kicker to impress his dad, who somehow did not realize that that child was gay. It was <laughs> truly... But he also... He doesn't... 
it by doing the single ladies dance and then kicking the ball. Exactly. That's his little, like, remember the Titans musical lead up to good sports performance was they would blast (laughs) Beyonce's single ladies over the speakers. Okay. Okay. I know we're talking about community. That first season of Glee had some really good shit in there. Oh, exceptional. Glee. Clean. It's the feeling you get when you your brain. Yeah, exactly. Glee is relevant to community. Glee is relevant. <laughs> Bravo. Well done. Thank you for bringing that back, Dad. Excellent shit. Um, <laughs> no problem, kids. Don't worry, I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to milk this dynamic as best as I can. <laughs> Absolutely, Papa. I, I look forward to it. Good. Uh, but yes, this episode is tremendous. It's absolutely <laughs> spectacular how they weave the That's two the plots together. The way that the conspiracy theories chase scene intersects with oh, the blanket. Is that him playing the He's so Don't look at me. They had the proper permits. <laughs> is is we can call bros mad sleepy. <laughs> Latvian Independence Day parade. Uh, but after this, you should really check out our Civil Rights Museum. And they, like, they run through Britta's, like, weird eyes wide shut orgy. And and it is so expertly done, the way they intersect so everything. Fabulous. It is magnifique. It's so good. They even put in a little Scooby-Doo chase sequence where it's like, you know, they kind of go one path of the, of the yeah. blanket fort. And they come out in an area where they shouldn't. Right. I don't know if you're going to keep any of the Scooby-Doo references from earlier. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am am (laughs) keeping under wraps uh, my my play until I have announced the day when people can watch it. Um, But if you followed me enough on social media, you know I'm working on a Scooby-Doo-based theatrical play. Um, (laughs) But yes, and we (laughs) have... Scooby-Doo-based is the loosest description. Based on the lore of the Scooby-Doo television franchise... Um, I spent a lot of time on Scoobapedia for this one. Um, Why'd you turn into a yawning Tom Brokaw when you described it? I spent a lot of time on Scoobapedia for this one. Does this have any crossover with the recent DC reboot of Scooby-Doo Apocalypse? Scooby Apocalypse, part of their weird adult line of Hanna-Barbera-based comic books. Guys, it's... It's it's Scoobocalypse. No, it is. I know it is Scooby Apocalypse. Oh, it's Scooby Apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> it is Scooby Apocalypse. Shaggy's a hipster dude with the fucking gauges and a full sleeve of tattoos, and he is hot. Scooby Doo is a robo dog. They kill Fred. There's a lot going on in Scooby Apocalypse. <laughs> Wait, they kill Fred? Yeah, Fred's Boy, dead, baby. Are you, Fred's dead. are you kidding me? There's no place in the world for a jackass with an ascot in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, Fred fair. is the horse to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay, brief segue about the Hanna-Barbera franchise of comics. Uh, (laughs) The Flintstones comic is fucking incredible. It's 12 issues long. It's written by by Mark Russell. Uh, Mark Russell uh, wrote it, and it was uh, drawn by Steve Pugue, and it is a contemporary society version of the Flintstones. Like, Fred and Barney are... Uh, veterans of a of a foreign war they didn't understand and had no reason to be a part of. Um, there are anti-marriage protests because this is before the invention of marriage, so they think marriage is a sin. Um, there is this incredible arc about like a barbarian awesome. running for political office. Y'all, if you haven't read the 12 issues of the fucking Flintstones comic, treat your damn self. Um, and by you, you convinced me to read it. And by the same writer, Mark Russell, uh, you should also read 
Exit Stage Left, the Snagglepuss Chronicles, uh, where Snagglepuss is a gay playwright in 1950s New York and has to decide whether to roll over on his friends or uh, to be outed as gay when a, uh, in a in a period of time where that is not okay. This was another DC Hanna Barbera. Another reboot? DC Hanna Barbera comic. It was just six issues. Wow. It was adapted into a play. It won like every award. It's an. It was my favorite comic the year it came out. An absolutely incredible piece of work. When it was adapted to a play, was it still Snagglepuss? It was still Snagglepuss. It was at the... Because Snagglepuss is an analog in this play for Tennessee Williams. And so it aired, it it was staged at the Tennessee Williams Theater Festival. Um, and it, it delves into, like, the Stonewall Riots. And I know that sounds really dicey for a fucking comic about Snagglepuss, but it is so, like, lovingly and delicately handled um, and the way that, wow, like, the exciting. the police were a, a unit of gay oppression. You know, it's... Uh, anyway, yeah. treat yourself. Uh, community. The television so show I, community. I stumbled, upon <laughs> I'm, I stumbled upon a panel from this Flintstones comic where they're at hominid resources instead of human resources uh-huh. getting joke. severance packages. And one caveman's like, what the... And another one... and. Fred says it's it's money, and another one says, "What am I supposed to do with it?" And Fred says, "I don't know. Buy something someone else hated making." And like, yikes! That <laughs> <laughs> fucking rips. I love this. Y'all, I I I'm so happy that I can share two of my favorite comics in the world with you That's and our listening so audience. Uh, yeah, y'all. Uh, obviously, pay for I these. I remember you liking know. this. I I remember. Look, yeah, no, don't 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 pirate these. I remember looking. I remember reading the first issue or two of the Scooby Apocalypse and being like, this is a fascinating way of doing this. Um, It was also around the time where I was like, I'm too broke to buy comics on a weekly basis. Comics uh, is a fucking expensive hobby. Uh, It is is, uh, about as expensive as drugs, I imagine. I've never developed a drug habit. Uh, but they did they did a whole series of these Hanna-Barbera ones. There was a Wacky Races, but it was called Wacky Race Land, and it was essentially Mad Max Fury Road. Um, ruled. Like, I don't know, y'all. Treat yourself. But especially Flintstones and Snacklepuss if you have to pick two. Fabulous. This episode introduces... Though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Professor, though. Professor Sean Garrity, one of my favorite Greendale professors. Mm. Would that this time desk? Would that this desk for a time desk? <laughs> Fragments uh, on I, the lips of a the, ghost the, the, in the shadow of a unicorn's dream. <laughs> the other thing that's so amazing about this episode is the fact that they pull off so many gun gags and like back oh, to back to back. And it's like that's what makes it work for me because like it really it's it's honestly What's that fucking SNL sketch? Much oh, day. dear sister, dear sister, uh, an incredible yeah, sister. SNL sketch. Like very, yeah, one of the best. Without dear but sister, like we don't have the Lonely Island and Andy Sandberg as like a huge comedy star. Dear sister is like right. the the genesis point of all of that. Yeah, and it was like a huge turning point for SNL as far as digital shorts, and it was around the birth of YouTube. Yep. Just some just really pivotal shit for the comedy world, but also like. That kind of vibe, I can't help but think of that when it comes to this episode 100%. because it's just like double cross after double cross after double cross after double cross after double cross. 
but done in, oh. in a, a slightly less absurd way where there's actually like you can actually kind of track what the double crosses are <laughs> right. in community as opposed to in your sister you're like where they're just shooting each other up. for no reason yeah and then they and then they explain it with the letter at the end and you're like oh okay i guess that's sort of and they they just yeah. so perfectly escalate from each one you know, it's like first uh, they comes in with the fucking shotgun. I think that's the best uh, peak of a character development too, because that security guard is like in the show for like a couple seconds at a time. Officer Kakowski, he's a weapon. You bring him in, he can fucking it's smack it down. He's so fucking mm-hmm. funny every single time. He's so good. good. And then he comes in with a shotgun and he blows a guy halfway across the room. And we've like nine out of ten times. And then it's the uh, shooting involved with a uh, fake gun. The victim is the one holding the fake gun. gun. <laughs> and that's like funny, but it also like does make sense. Like yeah, it, no it shit. checks out. And it because at that because the first shooting when Annie shoots Garrity, there's like no blood, there's no nothing. It's like very tame. And by the time uh Officer Kakowski is like blowing the Dean away, there's like Scar- oh, like Garrity. there's, there's Garrity, a yeah. hole being blown it's in Garrity. the street. Dean so... was not Dean was not up to, stuff <laughs> yeah. to handle that kind of. What issue. is happening? <laughs> it's so great. I'm just teaming so up with whoever suggested. Oh, it's one. This is easily one of the best Dean freakouts, which is like 100%. understandable why. But just like him scream crying, and like it's so weird fun. because like I have like gun violence has a very weird space in my psyche, just as like a queer person from Florida that like new people very closely related to the Pulse shooting. And then also I do stuff that was very much inspired by, you know, the Stoneman Douglas stuff. Like, this is stuff that I think about regularly, and it's very, like, this is not joking matter shit. But, like, watch, there's something that they pull out, and I can't put my finger on it. I about think how... the thing we, we keep coming back to. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Finish. No, do it. It's I... the thing we keep coming back to that's, like, somehow community has this, just this innate ability to put its finger right on a topic that everyone's going to be like, I'm not going near that. But they do it. They get their joke off. They clear the air a little bit and then they get out. And it's like, uh, yeah. And they, okay. they never resort. Yeah. To, and they, the thing that somehow also is impressive about it is they never resort to cringe humor. Like uh, yeah, they do sometimes sure. with, with, uh, sure. with, uh, with Pierce. I will take that back. Yeah. But yeah. like, I, I'm not, cause I'm not a fan of cringe humor. I think it's like, it's it's just it's bad territory altogether it's honestly like an excuse for like like it's edgelord shit and i'm like fuck you Ah, stop being a nazi like like that but like they managed to do these jokes about like because to me that bit isn't saying like guns are funny it's about the escalating double crosses of it and then Mm -hmm. at the end they're like stop and then the guy's like you guys, you can't play with fucking fake Don't guns. Don't fuck like, with guns. Yeah, yeah it's so not good. fuck with guns. And it's kind of like that's the underlying. Kev, you described this episode weeks ago, briefly when it came up somehow about how community wanted to do a thing with a bunch of prop guns on what's the network it was on NBC, on NBC. and NBC was like. Mm, and they were like, but we'll all make it about gun safety at the end. Right. <laughs> That's how they got away with it, was a legitimate talk about gun safety. And you almost don't... It's a territory that the paintball episodes also kind of dance on, is that you are, like, doing gun violence on a school campus. You know, like, you... It's it's surprisingly dicey some... territory. And they mm. they so 
elegantly like don't even make reason, you think the paintball about episodes it. yeah the paintball episodes don't make me think about oh my god there's a school shooting like yeah. even a little bit like there's there's something so fucking absurd about the paintball and it helps that they're like, like bright yellow gun you know like they look yeah. nothing like a yeah. real gun Except for the last paintball episode in season five or six, six where they they even then look they're like, like they're space like, guns. They're a little color. They look they, yeah, they look guns. like they're silver. You know, they look like might crazy be, space guns. Might the lack of it feeling like a school campus be the fact that, for all intents and purposes, this show portrays Greendale as <laughs> an insular city? As, like, as it doesn't the, feel like a school does, in most no, portions but that, of this that's show. That's one of the things that we've talked about. Yeah, it feels more like, I mean, they talk, they do this, and we've talked about the way that the show is so successful in being able to jump all over the place with genre, is that so many episodes feel like isolated incidents of referencing other genres. And when you've got an episode that you turn into a fucking spy thriller, like the one about the custodian ball, that's the final, you know, uh-huh. paintball, mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. feel like it's, oh, this is like a, co- a college campus. It feels oh. like a spy thriller. So you yeah. don't look at it through that lens. So it's hard to kind of put that same weight on it. And you it get has, like Western and Star Wars. And yeah, you, you get, don't, it's the just way the, it's, it's the lens with which they portray it. They're, they're decidedly not episodes about school shootings. And it's kind of a mindfuck when you truly reflect on it. It's, I love that, like, thinking about this show is just fulfilling Jeff's diagnosis of Abed's tendency to shove everything up its own ass. Like, the more we talk about community, the more we shove community further and further up its own butt. And I love it. But I I mean, also, Abed was our meta, you know, tie-in. And, like, I think 100%. Dan Harmon knew what he was doing. I think so. That's fucker. Also, let's. Point, I want to point out that like Abed has surprisingly little to do with this episode, despite Troy and Abed like putting together the blanket for it. Like the main story bits and comedy delivery come from Troy in that in that exchange, uh-huh. and then and then the rest of it's like Abedless. And up until this point, especially in this season, Abed's been pretty central in steering some of the biggest bits. Right. It this is... wasn't when he broke his nose, is it? Or that was that was a later season. When oh, Danny Pudi yeah. broke their nose? Yeah, Danny Pudi broke his nose on set during something. Oh my god. And I don't know if I I, know I this can't one. remember what it was. Yeah, there's like there's this whole thing and he had to like wear this makeup kind of stuff to kind of protect it, but also it affected the way that he spoke. So, like, there were workarounds. I forget. I gotta do the research, because I sound like I'm making uh, this shit up. And it's- how Danny Pudi broke his but- nose on the set of Community, but it's a fucking video. I don't need a video right now. No! Uh, well, well, the the, the well, subtitle is Danny Pudi answers social media questions and tells Larry if he thinks it'll be a sixth season of Community. Oh, well. So, so, so it's before that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ten things you didn't know about Danny Pudi. Shooting episode. So no, so no this was not when Danny Pudi broke his no. nose. I'm just I'm trying is, to think of you know, why they might have had him not saying that much. I mean, you know, you're 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 <laughs> writing a lot of, you know, right before this is the pen episode. Right after this is my favorite episode of the show. And this episode is notoriously one that they, like, 
this is a first draft script. Like, this is, they, like, shat this one out. They were like, this is going to be fucking terrible. Like, this, no one is going to think this one is funny. And it's, yeah, it's obviously been elevated to, like, a lot of people's favorite fucking episode of all time. I'm excited, I'm excited to rate this one. Yeah, it's going to be really fucking high. But they were, like, kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And, like, you know, uh, Shirley and Pierce are hardly in the episode at all. Britta has, like, a couple jokes and then one appearance later. It's all in on Jeff and Annie. And to this point, you know, we had the Abed in the background delivering the baby plotline, but like Abed is the closest thing this show has to like a breakout character culturally. Like there were not Abed t-shirts in the same way there were Bazinga t-shirts, but like try and imagine the Big Bang Theory like backgrounding Sheldon for an episode. Try and imagine Family Matters putting Urkel on the back burner. Like they wouldn't do it. And this show right. is confident enough in all of its characters to go like, no, Abed can kind of hang out in this one. There's still a Troy and Abed plot. I, he doesn't have maybe, a lot of I still, Yeah, I still, I do feel like Troy and Abed are kind of a pocket deal in this because I think sure. more so than Abed himself as a cultural icon, I think of Troy and Abed in the morning as like the cultural For sure. pervasive. For sure. Yeah, it's tough. But, like, even though Abed is not delivering, like, joke, 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 he's still doing this very cool thing with Troy. So we we still get, like, an Abed story, even though his line ratio is is one of his lowest of the season. But don't worry. I think we can also safely say that without Abed, there's no... And this is with all respect to Troy, who's a fictional character who I respect very much. <laughs> but... but I, there's no way Troy would have been able to organize and put together a blanket force Absolutely. of that magnitude and organization without the brain of Abed. Absolutely. Like, there's yeah, no 100%, 100%. way. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So in, an, in, a, in that sense, I feel like uh, tr- uh, Troy is kind of like the mouth uh, and Abed is the brain yeah. of that subplot. But yeah, no. I also do want to say I, it's really refreshing to have a subplot between um, Jeff and Annie that's not focused on the fucking weird-ass dynamic of their... You know, they have the, like, thing where he falls on top of her, but we're not, we're not hanging out in that space, you know? And No, we're not. It's much more like these are two people. The only other time we get this kind of vibe is Ass Crack Bandit, where <clears throat> the two of them are trying to solve a mystery together. But that's also very similar. Also, if you watch the outtakes of this show, you know that there was no sexual tension between Jeff and Annie on screen, because when he dove on her in the outtakes, all that tension was there. <laughs> Oh, because if you watch the outtakes, that that outtake is very funny, mm. uh, and they both wait, play it, it, and it's very awkward. <laughs> so, are, wait, are you saying that like in real life they have zero tension? No, in real life they absolutely play up the tension between them <laughs> on set, oh. and everyone's like, "Nah, <laughs> it's very funny." Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think at the point where they're, sh- like, they're both married individual. I think, like, Joel and yeah. Allison's, like, sexual tension is probably pretty nil. Um, eh, but, yeah, it's it's all good. Uh, right. Shall we segue right. into our second episode of the eve? Segway away. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 10, Mixology Certification, directed by Jay Chandrasekhar, written by Andy Bobro, to celebrate Troy's surprise 21st birthday, the gang all goes to a bar and each of them has a nice little character plot line. As I have said many times before, this is my number one favorite community episode. I'm very, very excited to just talk about 
Uh, These are two that really good ones. Really good. And this comes like right after Annie's pen, right? The, the bo- bottle episode. No, this is a strong moment for this TV series. Right? And then the next episode after this is fucking Claymation Christmas. <laughs> like it's Oh yeah, no. They were on <laughs> what fire a run. right now. The, I the thing uh, I also love so and good. it's actually fun that they that they did this just before Claymation Christmas, not getting ahead of myself. But this episode kind of has it's one of those few episodes that I love because it ends in a way that you know usually it's like there's like kind of like a little bit of like a moral kind of you know like a like a nice happy ending in it but it's usually goofy funny you know nice this one has a genuinely warm ending like we feel by the end of this episode we've grown with these characters uh-huh. and like and we've there's learned so much more development about so much. each one of them i think yeah it's a lot of development and it's a really warm place to land especially compared to a lot of the other episodes. Um, and it really just kind of, yeah, it just changes the way you think about all these characters in such fabulously humanizing and uh, exciting ways. Like, ah, uh, ah, uh, Jeff and Britta <laughs> talking about the same fucking bar, but using two different names. Incredible. Brilliant. Oh, so Incredible. Good and if you, the crescendo if you with them. in New York at any face. point, Oh, yeah. And if you have ever been in New York, right, you know motherfuckers that do this. 100%. That are like, we're going to this bar. And they're like, no, we're going to this bar. And it's the same goddamn bar. Right. But they just call it two different things. Exactly. And it's like, it's 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 brilliant. It's really, so ah, and it's so lovely. And then also just like, I, it's it also hits me like as someone, when I started like drinking, I was like, I don't know what to order. Like what is sure. this? Like, sure. well, I don't know what to get. Like, I, I, I'll have a beer, maybe, but I wasn't like a big beer person when I first started drinking. Right. Like, I related to Troy upon seeing this, and then he's like, you know what? I want to do this. This, this drink means something to me. It's like a family thing. This sounds fun. And then his two friends are like, no, you don't want to do that. And it's just like, like, and you start to feel like you're like, no, fuck you, man. Let drink in his drink. You know, let him like, have a drink. Like. Everyone has such strong opinions about the way that other people drink and what they drink and how they drink. Mm. This is not supposed to be... There's so much pretension. There's so much pretension. Just let people... As long as everyone's doing it (laughs) fucking reasonably, you know, like... Sure. Drink yeah. how you want to drink. I love a gin and tonic, drink and I'm going to drink a gin and tonic. I also love a fucking frozen mark. I love a fruity drink with, like, a fucking pineapple on it. Like, Tell me about it. Give me something sweet. Like, yes. let's go. I mean, also, as someone that's worked behind a bar, um, mm. wow. a, a couple instances, it's so wild how people can, like, bartenders always have, like, oh, this is, like, my go-to drink. Uh, oftentimes, it's a super basic classic, right? And they get excited about a nice mixed drink or a cocktail, you know, but when they're like, I just want to drink, they're like, just give me whiskey neat or something like that. Or like, yeah. I just like tequila, yeah. you know, something really simple. The other thing is some places do this, some places don't. But if you have a shift drink, like at the end of your shift, what a bartender's drinking and what a sh- what a, someone that works the line is drinking, they're fucking drinking like a shot of the well whiskey and a fucking PBR or a high life. Like it's not, they're not yeah. doing nothing crazy. They're just That's like, right. give me a beer and a shot. Like yeah, it's not fucking Starbucks. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's nothing <laughs> crazy, you know, but then of course, but then it's funny because you watch these people who are on the other side and they'll be like, <clears throat> I want, I want, I want a margarita 
but I want it shaken like extra long. Like, and like, I want this much so tequila weird. and I want this much. And it's like, no, yeah. They're like, they're like, make sure that there's like, there's no ice chips in it except leave a couple, but they have to be like really thin. And you're just like, fuck off. Like drink the damn drink. Like it's not I, working at working at Starbucks. I will always be thankful oh, for, not because I learned anything of value for my life <laughs> from Starbucks, but because I learned how to make ordering drinks easier on myself, which was just find something you like. That's not that fucking complex and do that when you're in public. And if you want something fancy, make it your fucking make self at home. And so like when I'm out, I get, a gin mule, which is just a mule with gin That's instead great. of vodka. Great drink. Or, great drink. or if I'm at a place that makes cocktails, it's a Sazerac. I don't give a shit how you make it. I'm going to get it because it's got the name and I like the ingredients. And, like, if you twist it a little bit, cool. I'll be fine with that. But, like, I'm going to get a Sazerac or I'm going to get a gin mule. I'm oh, done. Sure. That's it. No, I don't need the, like, James. I wish I had the balls to order a, a <laughs> martini like James Bond does, but I'm never going to do no. that because I look like no, an asshole. Look, the only people, the only people, first of all, like, martinis are this whole thing. I, I don't want to go too far into a tangent. I mean, we are talking about the mixology episode. It, it but all like, checks out. It all checks out. Like, when you talk about a martini, first of all, like, if depending on where you are, martinis are ordered by, like, super pretentious white women in their 40s sure. or nobody and like it's like it's and then <laughs> and then <laughs> unless, or nobody. Unless, oh my or like, god put, put something like espresso martini on your menu then maybe you'll get a couple people that are like that sounds fun and like if it's on the menu then it's on the menu you know like a bartender might hate the drink but it's on the menu right also, fun fact never fucking order a mojito they are so goddamn annoying yeah it's just, it's, it's, why do you want, I mean, unless you're going to a place that like specializes in it sure. and like the bartenders know, but if you go to a place that doesn't have a mojito on the menu, don't fucking ask for it. You're being an asshole. But Can you imagine walking into a bar and asking the bartender to make something and just saying three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of Kina Lele, shake it over eyes and add a thin slice of lemon peel. No, that sounds crazy. What is that? What's that called? That's what James Bond orders in Casino Royale. And like when he orders it, I was like, ooh. Yes, Daniel Craig. Mm, yes. Wait, wait, wait. wait he orders it by, like, the break. He orders yeah, he breaks it, it, it down. He, he breaks he it down. He builds it. The Yo, it's not even the, the bartender. Big... It's the wait staff. It's the wait staff oh, with the monocle. Oh, my God. That's a terrible at idea. the Casino Royale. But, ever... but at the same time, it's at a high-stakes <laughs> poker game where people are playing for, like, millions of dollars. It's a high-stakes poker game. And but listen, like... y'all, don't emulate James Bond. He's a bad man. Never He's a bad do not if you ever go to a restaurant and you there's a waiter that comes up to you do not ever tell them a build because i promise you that you're not getting them, it they don't give a fuck they're yes. gonna be like what the fuck did you just say they have a memory that's been trained to deal with what's on the menu and a few you know basics like standards right Absolutely. here's yeah. the, like the, the like <laughs> On the opposite hand, I had a friend one time, we walked into this kind of like divey bar, but it was like a local spot. And he goes, he's like, the guy's like, what do you want? He's like, I don't know, can I just like have an old fashioned? Which is like a standard drink, you know? You muddle your sugar cube, got your whiskey, you can do it. There's a couple different ways you could essentially kind of trick it out yourself, but it's a basic standard. And the guy looked at him and went, dude, come on. And I literally was like, what the fuck? Like, why (laughs) is that the line? You, meanwhile, you know, like, Oh, just, I've had some weird requests, but no, like you said, like have like something that's basic that you like. I will go 
I'll be like, I'll ch- like give me a mule, like a, like yeah. like a Moscow mule. I usually yeah. say mule because if you just say mule, they they assume Moscow. Or I'll be like, I don't know, just give me a rum and coke. Or if there's another place, if you're queer, this happens a lot at gay clubs. <laughs> they'll have like the drink of the night, right? I know one place, yeah. Happy Fun Hideaway, that has this thing called gay juice. And I shit you not, <laughs> you order it at one time of the night. If you order it at one time of the night and you go back and you order it again later, it will not be the same thing. 100%. But 100%. it's going to be great. It's literally, they're just <laughs> like, gonna be delicious. I'm going to so drink like, me a tall draw gay <laughs> juice. Gay juice. Yeah, like, I'll have the gay juice. They're like, sure, hon. <laughs> Boom, here it is. Five bucks. It's going to be fabulous. Probably tequila. Yeah. But like, it was no, five bucks. It was no, what no, was in front of me. Whatever was in front of me is I what gay it. juice is. It was nice. I think there was guava. I'm not. Not sure. <laughs> Somebody is listening to this and they're like, the fucking noise in this bus is so loud. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes, I, I, I love it. This... In, in James Bond's defense, I do believe he asks. So a guy walks from behind the bar and asks everyone their drinks. Oh, no, it's not even that. Shit, James Bond waves him over. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, James Bond's an oh, asshole. Dude, if you're dude, if you're going to emulate a super spy, choose Austin Powers. Uh, so. Dude, if you did that to an actual bartender, I guarantee you that bartender, when they get back behind the bar, is going to turn to the other bartender or the closest far back and be like, this fucking asshole. Hey, do you, have a, do you have a wash rag on you? <laughs> Ring it up, yeah. please. Thank you. Your your goal when going into a bar and or restaurant should always be to act as a customer in a way that the waitstaff will not talk about you when they go into the back room. You want to be the least You want to be fucking invisible. You want them (laughs) to, like, forget you as soon as you leave. You, like, you... Also, especially with a bar, function as if they know what the fuck they're doing. And if you're, like, if you say... If you say, hey, I don't really know what, like, that's the other thing. If you go in and you don't know how to order, most of the time, they're like, they're more than willing to be like, sure, what are things that you like? Do you like sweet? Do you like spicy? Yeah. What's this? And they'll walk you through it. But don't come in and be like, uh, I just, I tried this thing one time that had, like, don't, don't no. try and make no. something up. That's that up. secret menu shit. That's that secret menu shit. Cut that no, shit. No, you walk into Starbucks, like, I'll have a th- blah, 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 blah. I'll have blah. a like, fruity, fruit loops frappuccino. And I'm like, I don't know how to make oh, that. You tell me. The number you of times, me. yeah, Kev. Kev can commiserate with me because we did that. We looked at each other when these happened. When people would walk up, we'd be like, "You got the fucking, you got the ingredients." You got the, be like, you got the thing because I, no, I don't know how to make. The this. number of times I had to take someone's phone behind the bar and look at it while I made their fucking Willy Wonka ass drink. See. No one <laughs> yeah, can see I've the great object work I'm doing, but it's like, okay, let me no, see. But uh, I feel, yeah, I feel let me explore some of that. Yeah. Can you take a cake pop and take the cake pop off the stick? And put it in the blender Christ. with my vanilla bean frappuccino so it can be a birthday cake frappuccino. Yo, no. Yo happens so much. Happens so much. Y'all, like, <laughs> if you want diabetes, I can give you diabetes. Like, I can make that happen for you. Yeah. That's what the drink's called. It's called diabetes. That's right. Uh, so this episode... Wait, we have to talk about this character development. Yes, this episode of Community. <laughs> which I... Okay. So, this is my favorite, my personal uh, uh, favorite brand of, of, of media is 
something with a heightened sense of comedy, but a profound sense mm-hmm. of sadness. The jokes are still rapid fire. Mm-hmm. We're still going like, you know, in each of the two cars, you still have Jeff and Britta like bop, 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 bop. And everybody's bouncing off the two of them and they're bouncing off of each other on like that great phone call. You know, we, we still have this incredible sense of rhythm and comedy. But this episode also has this this wonderful sense of melancholy. That like the I, mm-hmm. the Annie and Abed plot lines in particular, and and the Shirley plot line as well, have this like you know Annie, Shit, even it, even Troy. It starts with Troy being like, "I've been lied to I, for years." I thought I would turn twenty one and I would be like you and I would know everything, but you it never gets better. Like it never, I am yeah. never <laughs> going to metamorphose into someone that has it together, and that is a realization mm-hmm. that I think truly we all must come to at some point. Uh, and when, you know, Jeff says, Troy, you're a man now, I think that is, like, obviously it's Jeff being glib, but, like, it's true. Like, that is a true sense <laughs> yeah. of adulthood, and I've been the Troy in this exact situation before. Like, you're managing the drunk people, you're, like, making sure that people are taken care of, that they're acting in their own best interests, you know, and I I love this Abed ending up, you know, uh, this episode has fucking Paul F. Tompkins in it. This episode has fucking Tig mm-hmm. Nataro in it. Yeah. Uh, two fucking LA comedy legends. And and Abed ends up alone with a drink Jeff? thrown in his face. Okay, Paul F. Tompkins threw a drink in Abed's face. That drink had a lot of ice in it, dude. Like, I feel like yeah. maybe, okay. I think you made your point without throwing hard-ass <laughs> ice cubes uh, in that guy's <laughs> yeah. face. And Annie, I love this plotline for Annie. This that she uses oh, dissecting herself the, as a as a new character, the, yeah, becoming the character of Caroline Decker as an act of self reflection, and it happens yeah. so naturally from like her getting the fake ID. Uh, you know, this is just a brunette, Suzanne Hathaway. Your point, like, I don't, and that, <laughs> and then her developing the accent, memorizing the the zip code for Corpus Christi, Texas, and it segues so naturally into her speaking about herself in ways that she would never be able to without like donning the character of of Caroline Decker from Corpus Christi and and using fiction to reflect on yourself is something I know nothing about. I don't know any I don't know what anybody's talking Never. about. Liar. I have You're no idea what anyone's talking about. You, Yo, when when Jeff yells, "Don't repeat that you goon you in goon. the car." It's one of the only lines I can listen to no matter what time of day always and funny. chuckle out loud. Oh, it's you always fun. Goon. Don't repeat that, you goon. You goon. <laughs> there is something also really refreshing. So this is also some uh, as someone that knows uh, folks who are sober. Really exciting about they built this whole episode up about drinking, right? And we've also talked about like, man, like this, don't just order, just order this, blah, blah, blah. You know, because drinking culture is so pervasive, especially in our culture. But like the fact that when it comes down to it, Troy, I don't think he did. He doesn't drink anything, right? Uh, um, he never drinks his no, seven and seven. No. He spends all night building up to it. He orders it, but he decides that it's more important to take care of his friends that like turning 21, it's it's arbitrary. Like the drink will still be there. Right. You can always I think have there's, a drink. I think, there's something, I think there's something really exciting about an episode that is in its concept about glorification of alcohol as a coming of age rite of passage um and the way that the moment of fulfillment has to do with 
uh, removal of that from that glorification. Troy is able to remove himself from the glorification of alcohol because he looks around. And he's like, "This is what the, all the hype is about. Like, this doesn't make any sense to right. me." Um, Am I going to be arguing kind of with my friend in a bar booth? Am I going to end up like as sad as Shirley right. with like this reputation? Like, right? And what's this the take is so atypical, especially for American TV and movies. Hundred percent to have a character just be like. No, I don't fucking need this drink. And I'm sure it has something to do with Dan Harmon's tumultuous relationship with alcohol as well. Like, it's exciting. I mean, it's another example of how the show, like, somehow talks about, like Caleb said, puts his finger right on it and then somehow manages to kind of subvert the trope in a way. And it's it's really exciting, man. Y'all, can I read read Dan Harmon's words in describing this article? Please. Yeah, do it. So, he says, the real thing that was being expressed there, talking about the ride home, or the episode, I guess, the real thing that was being expressed there was that this is what drinking is. This is the ride home. This is the asymmetry of an evening. We get excited, we have adventures, and we get high, and then there's the shameful, quiet, dark, odd, clumsy, tear-stained kind of like, we did all that stuff, and it's over. And I just wanted that stuff to feel like it feels, and feel a way that it doesn't in other sitcoms, where you're, mm-hmm. where drinking is a potion that you take, and then you go crazy. We're all familiar with that joke. You drink, and then you have a lampshade on your head, and your dick's out. Then you don't remember anything, and then you wake up, and then you put the stake on your head, and Fred Flintstone takes you bowling. (laughs) Not drawing the division line there, but drawing on the ride home and dropping people off, walking them to their door. Troy and Ani never having talked since. I've never seen those two relate as high school classmates growing up. Yeah. And then... Troy and and, Annie, they don't don't talk before that whole episode? uh, I don't don't know what he means, Troy and Annie never having talked since. It's it's the yeah. rambly way that that Dan Harmon talks, uh, yeah, where you yeah, you have yeah. to like kind of weed through some shit to like get to the core of what what he's saying. As a longtime Harmon Town listener, uh, that is that is the process you have to go through. Yeah. But it's like that's the most beautiful scene on the show. It's so good, yeah. Annie and Annie and Troy in the hallway. But continue. Yeah, this last bit is the best part of all was Jeff and Britta making out and then Abed sitting there. I can't think of a better show than that. And like somebody's <laughs> sleeve or elbow flicks against his face and he's just sitting there. And then there's the pause and he says, they're making out. And you think, oh, we're going to make a will they won't they situation out of this. But no, fuck you. He just tells them and then they yell at him. And then uh, Troy yells at him. <laughs> and then he says, why would you do that in front of me? I'm not a coat rack. There's not a single person in that car who's a hero or a villain. There's nobody in that car that's a sidekick. There's just a bunch of people in that car getting closer and closer and more and more tangled and realizing there are all these different hats that you have to wear all the time. Troy's driving Jeff's new Lexus, and Jeff is saying, happy birthday, you're a man now, and it's like handing a curse off to him. Britta is sort of attracted to him. He's nutting up, and maybe she's making out with the wrong guy, and it's all through that Vaseline-coated lens of drunken stupor, and I love it. Is that, yeah, no, it's... Is that on the AV Club? I don't know what the what um, let me click on the link where this comes from. Yeah, click on the link where that comes from. Um, yep, that's from AB Club. Yeah, it's from. There's this excellent. Anyone, I would encourage you to do this. There's an excellent series of interviews on the AV Club where, with uh, film critic Emily Vanderwerf, Dan Harmon essentially walks you through season two episode by episode, and it is fucking fascinating. If you've never read, uh, treat yourself, sit down, read a few articles about this show. Uh, because both people talking are incredibly insightful about media and the show community in particular. 
uh, and it is it is wonderful. I think I uh, it's informative about the process of TV, the writing process of this great season of TV. Uh, definitely a hundred percent. Check that out if you if you if you haven't had the chance. But I this episode is the most complex look at our relationship with alcohol and alcohol culture and drinking culture that I've ever seen from a television show. Besides, I guess, mm-hmm. fucking Mad Men. You know, it's... it's Which is like, okay. The build-up... <laughs> I mean, of course. Like, that's what Mad Men is fucking about. Like, the community does a brief pit stop in this, in this uh, purview. But, like, mm-hmm. the hype of alcohol... And Dan Harmon is someone that struggles with alcoholism. I struggled uh, a long time with the opposite. This, like, anxiety about consuming alcohol through various familial uh, uh, relationships. And... Mm-hmm. It's just such an honest look at drinking and, and bars and the way that that can affect you. And I think the yep. episode is aggressively neutral on alcohol. It is saying, like, this is what it is. Yeah. Not that drinking is good or it is bad. This is what it is. It feels very theatrical I think in that way. I think in in its neutrality, though, try to find the right words for this, because, like, the neutrality is, even though, yes, it is essentially a very neutral take on it, the, con- the context within the societal context within this ep- that this episode exists within um, is making a statement that is against the glorification yeah. of that. So in its neutrality, it is anti-glorification. And that's kind of a weird like mind fuck because it's, it's not picking a side, but in not picking a side, it is, it is yeah. undoing some of the damage yeah. that we have societally accepted. Um, and that's really exciting. That's, that's a really, yeah, cool- I think that's what, what uh, what Dan's trying to say when he says that like every other sitcom portrays alcohol as this potion you take that then makes you go crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, it's not. No, people get drunk and then they're like, I gotta go home. Yeah, now. they're like, what is that? Like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's how I met your mother. It's like the pineapple incident or something that they like uh, never fully like. Yeah, there's all these know, like, like, oh, I drank so much and I don't remember and i did all these crazy things or like there's, i'm doing a pretty uh, mild like new girl watch right now and they play like this these extravagant like drinking games nick works at a bar there's a lot of alcohol on the show and i've just never seen a show approach it like fucking community does in this episode there's like i was just watching an episode of living single the other day yeah. which if you haven't watched that, watch that show it came before friends and it does it better does it better in the tifa and all the bar that is pretty that low. <laughs> well, <laughs> very true. I, but there's well, literally yeah. an episode where Max and Kyle, who like hate each other and rag on each other all the time, get drunk and then they sleep with each other. I mean, of course, then the next day it's them being like, oh my God, I can't believe we did that. But like they work through it. But it's just kind of that it's still portrayed in a sense of like alcohol is this magic juice that makes us do wacky things. Yeah. And it's about the next day is when you kind of pick up the pieces uh it doesn't show that alcohol is messy it shows that these two characters are messy it's 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 you know it's it's just it's a really interesting uh take on the topic of a night of drinking in uh, in the network television series absolutely (laughs) i i love it it's a it's (laughs) interesting fucking good very mandarin delivery of yeah. I, I couldn't. Words were not doing things. As, like I said, right. this is the horse I'm going to die uh, on. Like, I, fortune not, cookie is an American invention. America. America. Ready for another Wait, lesson. what? Where is this coming we're from? We're doing Mandarin, Mandarin from Iron Man 3. 
part. Yeah. <laughs> You'll oh. never see me come. Oh, you said Mandarin. I thought you said meandering. Oh, no. I said Mandarin. He said Mandarin. What? Your voice tailed on. Uh, we uh, 100% cannot get started on the Mandarin right now. <laughs> I could write yeah, a fucking... We're going to get the real one, though. We're going to get the real one. All I have to say. Yep. In a Chinese directed and choreographed kung fu movie and, in the Marvel universe, from fucking, from so fucking Destin Daniel Cretton, director of Short Term Twelve, uh, one of my favorite movies of last decade. Anyway, uh, let's Wait, what? these episodes. Let's rank these are we doing the tags first? episodes. Yeah, we're gonna do the tags first. Uh, so we rank. So what are these tags? The, I don't the remember. The first them. tag is they're building like a one-word story, and it's like once upon a time there uh where robots and oh. samurais and and troy gets like and? really into it. and? it's and very we funny. should make a movie we should, make a, we should write a screenplay it's that one's so good that one's, Fuck, that one's so, so good um okay so yeah. number 10 on our tags is them filming kick puncher is this better than kick puncher uh, <laughs> it's tough it's close I think it's mm, it is. I, we're in the right area. Man, yeah, like that last line of kick puncher fucks me up so much. Kick though, puncher, <laughs> Pierce poop rap. I it might be above Doctor Doogie Seacrest for me. All right. So the next one up from that is porn names, which is another very good <laughs> that one. Good. George Washington. Which one's lemon, George Washington Lemon Fresco. How many pornos <laughs> have you been in? Six hundred and twelve. Anybody order a pizza? It's extra sausage. Yeah. <laughs> they both get the it's fuck a good out. One. That's a good one. Uh, I am fine with right after porn names. Entering in at the new, yeah, like, number eight. Uh, uh, we'll call this and. <laughs> Uh, and, and then the next one is uh, them putting uh, a bunch of t-shirts on Troy. <laughs> and then his phone starts ringing. Oh, it's so good. And it's so It's charming. Time. It's very, it's very nice. It's very funny. It's in my back pocket. I'm looking at like vending machine territory, number eighteen. I think I vending think. machines better than shirts to me. I think sure. I think spaceships yeah. is better than shirts, honestly. Yeah, I think so. But maybe yeah. above matching outfits. Yeah, yeah definitely above that. new yeah. new number twenty. Number twenty. Uh, it sounds like such shirts. an insult, but it's certainly not. It really it's not. I mean, there are now like thirty four of them, and a lot of them are very funny. Uh, now the episodes. Okay, just go up to top ten because we're. I think these yeah, are both just, top it's, ten easy. Yeah, hundred percent. They are both top ten. So first, uh, conspiracy theories. Boy, uh, so uh, another Jeff and Annie episode. Debate one hundred nine at number nine. I think better conspiracy theories is better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm mm. trying to think. It's better than I think it's better than zombies, and zombies is great. I think it's better than zombies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is it better than better? cooperative? I like it more than cooperative calligraphy. Which one is cooperative calligraphy? The bottle Annie's episode, pen. Annie's pen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's better. It's I like better. It I mean, that. this is maybe the funniest episode of the show, right? Like conspiracy theories is like pound it's for pound, maybe the funniest up episode, there, dude. It's that okay. or like the first fake flashback episode. Well, hold on, it's real... one of those two. That's true. Is it? Now here's the question: Is it better than comparative religion? I can't I, get over that episode and Jeff's fucking I, it. The Jeff's fucking brownie. That I love Jeff's comparative religion. Yeah, when 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 Shirley, Shirley offers him the brownie. brownie, and he's like, "What's this for?" And she says, "Whenever me and my kids have to have a tough conversation, my boys, I give them a brownie." 
And he's like, okay. And then she's like, why do you hate me and Jesus? And he goes, man, my brownie ain't working. <laughs> that's <laughs> really, and that's, oh, and that's getting Jeff ready for the fight. The fight. Oh, oh, oh. This Yeah, is... you know what? I would say I'm down with this being the new number four, just above cooperative calligraphy, because yeah. I think the drinking one might be the new number three. I yeah, think, I think I, I think we're we're looking real edges high. Out comparative religion. Oh, does drinking edge out phys ed though? I know your take. I so. okay, yeah. Obviously, you know where I stand. Uh, <laughs> I am not I'm going. To... <laughs> okay, it's not better than than billiards for you. Oh, it's not. That that okay. episode has so many people crushing it. Do you? I don't. I know. love phys ed. So does this one. It does. So, like I know everybody <laughs> fucking crushes it this episode. And I love. I can't billions. get over Pierce's. <laughs> Pierce's clear the chickens off the runway. <laughs> clear the chickens off the runway. Uh, a half Pol- Polish, half Arab virgin in his thirties, one way or another, that ends in an explosion. <laughs> Which is very good. Is very However, good, but, but... if I might say one thing, sure. if Pierce Hawthorne is what holds this episode back from the number two slot, I riot. No, I I mean, this ed is good. I think this one, I, I'm, I'm going to put this one as my number two. And I feel like if Kevin's putting it at number one and Caleb, you want it as number three. Okay. I think Kevin, number Kevin, two would be it? the, would be the, I mean, for me, it's number one, but I'm not going to make us put this above modern warfare. I understand that that is mm-hmm. like, there are. See, I'm not worried about modern warfare moving because I know we're getting the next ones coming up, and I like those more than the first one. Yeah, I also really I think I come down on the season two paintball episodes as a unit above mm-hmm. modern warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, this but I guess we'll... one. I'm okay with number one. Jace, how do you feel about that? silence i'm thinking i'm like it's either one or two for me it's either one or two for me i thought this was i thought this was gonna break my heart i thought this like ranking was going to like destroy me this is fine you know i'm gonna be like eight it's eight i yeah i thought i was like i thought maybe someone would come in and be like 25 and i would like i would have to like um uh it's definitely above phys ed for me honestly because phys ed Mm. i know y'all love that one and i do like that one but it's not as high for me uh is it better than the first modern warfare yeah it's number one Oh. Kev, I think we are all old and obligatory. You magnificent son of a bitch from son you. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You magnificent <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I love that you son of a bitch is a reused bit of Dan Harmon because he uses it in uh, Rick and Morty as well as Modern Warfare. Son yeah. of a bitch. I mean, he like, I, you know, we uh, can. Calligraphy, too. When they yeah, walk out, non-miraculous and, and the dean is like, what happened? And he's like, nothing you and your puppies could ever have dreamed of, you non-miraculous son of a bitch. 
the dean's like, not miraculous. Abed. <laughs> and being on, like, the National Broadcasting Corporation, you know, community's ability to use curse words was very limited. So when they can use, like, a son of a bitch really well, oh, God, it sings like music. It fucking bangs. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think every show needs to pick, like, its curse words, right? So on, like, It's Always Sunny, you have, God damn it! Uh, and they really, like, they make that one sing... And I think community hones in on son of a bitch. And I they think do a very that's good job honestly uh, a Dan Harmon staple is son of a bitch. I know like in Rick and Morty, they really hit it up with the F-bombs constantly. But that's because yeah. they they like they like were pioneers of the constant F-bomb drop. I mean, aside from like South Park, which just did everything kind of crazy. But like, right. And I don't want to talk about South Park. But like <laughs> with the... <laughs> That's like, that's its own fucking episode. Like I mean, that's not. Weird. Why don't you want to talk about that? Nope. Not even gonna. <laughs> not even going to humor the idea of thinking about talking about that show. No, so, we're we're putting that away. <laughs> but like, yeah, no. I I think son of a bitch is just a great one. Sure, it's really good. It's a very a, funny thing to call someone. It's it very is. funny. It is. <laughs> Y'all, the community global rewatch on Reddit is at season two, episode eleven. Like, we're pacing Oh, wow. <laughs> we're, like, right along with it. Dang. Yep. Fabulous. I love it, folks. I love it. All right. Uh, so one one quick uh, programming note for the two of you, and then we can go right into plugs. This episode went a little long, but these are two very fucking good episodes. Yeah. Um, so I think, so if we do Dungeons & Dragons as its own episode of our show, which at this point I think we should, not only is it a great episode, but it's, like, very endemic to our public our band, personas. Right. Um, yeah. And to do that, we will need to give one of two episodes its own episode. I am advocating for Claymation Christmas, which is our next episode. It's either that or the marijuana play, Celebrity Pharmacology. Oh. Um, I say, I say Christmas. I th- Christmas yeah. is up, yeah, it's I mean, the okay. marijuana was a great, fu- great fucking episode. Man, that episode Steel Turn is so fucking good. <laughs> the Chang, maybe Chang's best bit. It's um, so good. Maybe uh, Chang's best bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you I'm gonna fry your doll one, and eat your mama's you? face. <laughs> but, uh, so if we if we do, Claymation Christmas has its own episode, Advanced D&D has its own episode, then we're doing uh, to an episode through the end of the season, and that nicely puts our two paintball episodes right next to each other in one episode. Yep, and be prepared. We won't have to worry about this. We'll we'll yeah, the two-parter. So yeah. that that sets us right up. So uh, next week will just be Claymation Christmas, another fucking excellent episode. But now we will slide nicely into plugs. Plug it up. That sounds. Whoever so- wants to go first, I don't care. I want to give a little shout out to some folks like I normally do. This week, I'm going to give a shout out to on Instagram. Her name is the letter U. Can call me sis. She's um, she's the founder of We Are TNG Project, which is another Instagram you should follow at We A R E like the word, not the letter, and then T N G Project. Uh, they're a Next Generation, a community, oh, sorry, TNG is the Next Generation. They're a community dedicated to distributing self-care and mental health resources to black and brown trans folks alike. Uh, And You Can Call Me Sis is uh, the founder of this organization. She's fabulous. She's uh, in the theater world as well. I believe she does, like, just on both the production and performance side of things. She's incredible. Give her a look. 
She actually recently had some fun interactions with Lynn manuel Miranda, if that's your junk. Um, yeah, she's fabulous. Go check her out on Instagram. She's amazing. Those are my plugs for the week. I'm Jace. Uh, if you want to follow me at Jason Ziv, that's J-A-C-E-N-Z-I-E-V. Uh, do it if you want to. I don't know. I mostly post radical shit. Um, so if you're into that, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> for it. Um, and if you go on Instagram, you'll see my new hair, uh, which is so fun and purple and green. But seriously, though, <laughs> follow You Can Call Me Sis and uh, TNG Project. Yeah. Woo. Love it. Pew, pew, pew. Um, nothing special here. I make content about video games. And that y'all already know. So I don't know. Fucking. <laughs> I don't know. I hate talking about myself. So every time this hits me, I'm like, fucking. Um, Sorry about it. Yeah. Just, just, keep, uh, just keep finding ways to support. Um the the uprising that seems to be continuing and seems to be being met with some pretty fascistic fucking um resistance in Portland and apparently uh, according to the the mango Mussolini is going to start being enforced in other cities um uh, yeah the fun. unmarked vans uh, showed up in New York uh, it's very cool I love it yeah oh, it's a, oh yeah. yeah I saw a clip of that actually and pe- yeah people being stuffed into it it's yeah. It's fucked, y'all. It's fucked. Uh, jail support fucked. is wild right now, and that's all I'm gonna say because the government is listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and fuck them. <laughs> fuck you, FBI. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, there's a. Why uh... am I killing Black Panthers but keeping the KKK alive? Fuck you. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Because their problem isn't with the organization; it's with the color, friend. It's with the gala. <laughs> Why would you say something so blatant and so accurate? <laughs> Why would you say something if you're willing to so say controversial blue lives and yet matter? So your problem wasn't that Black Lives Matter wasn't all lives matter. Your problem was that Black Lives Matter was black. <laughs> yeah, Fuck out of here. that's the Hannibal that's uh, Burris on uh, Eric Andre show quote, right? Yeah, I think it's yeah. just Eric Andre. He's like, why would you say something so controversial? Yeah, so I'm, so I'm mocking his, his posture in the He's leaning gym. back. Why would you? It's so good. <laughs> so good. Um, there's also a really great Michael Che line from one of his stand-ups where he's talking about this specifically and uh, brings up that, like, he's going to go to New York wearing his T-shirt that says, All Buildings Matter. <laughs> on 9-11. All Buildings yeah, Matter. Yeah. on 9-11. Uh, on uh, July Fourth, you say all countries, all, all countries matter. matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how good how story. fast that triggers people that like to call other people snowflakes. Um, but anyway, yeah, I can't shout anything else out, but like fucking ex- respect existence or expect resistance. Fuck it up, dude. I love that quote. That's right. Absolutely. It's it's on the um, fridge of my favorite coffee shop in St. Louis, Mocha Bees, and every time I oh see my it, God, oh god, Mocha Bees, uh, the best place. Delicious fucking. Oh, it's it's the best. I miss that place so desperately. Like, I want to just sit down and and drink coffee all day and hang out with my friends. I have a queer indie published like book that I got from that little bookshelf that they have in the back where you can buy like independent picture books. I visited St. Louis like once. I got a tattoo and I got a book from Mocha Bees and it was fabulous. Perfect. 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 
Uh, and I'll skip the personal shit this week. Uh, I'll do another uh, social media shout out for a good person because there are too many bad people on social media. Uh, this person has been uh, nothing but lovely interacting with them uh, with the Greendale 3 account. Uh, it's Nicole Anel, N-I-C-O-L-E-A-N-E-L-L. Uh, they love community. They love all the same dorky shit you do. And uh, they're just really nice to be around. Uh, so everyone go follow that good person because again... Too many bad ones. Yeah. Oh um, shit. Shout out this weekend shouting out good people in our community. The lady February showed up in my Twitch stream this week and followed us. Hell yeah. It's fucking awesome. Hell so, yeah. Yes. So, our community. Yeah, Lady Feb Lady Feb rules. They were the shout out last week. Lady Feb rules. Yeah. We know it. We uh, absolutely. Uh we will be back next week with a big claymation Christmas episode. <laughs> but <laughs> until then, pop pop. I remembered this time and waited. And, and I you, was like, your heart wasn't broken. I was like, this asshole's gonna get so fucking close to the end because they realized that I realized what's happening. Yeah, I got real far that time. Yeah. Whereas normally when you're in the Skype call, it's that scene from The Simpsons where Bart is like showing footage of Ralph and he's like, you can see the exact moment his heart snaps in half. <laughs> you can. Oh, it's so good. This has been a Talkback Podcast. That was quite a show.